0: Three million dollars from China to the U.S. and over one million ending up in Biden family accounts. Hunter Biden's business deals are coming under renewed scrutiny. A new memo naming three Biden family members, with a fourth bank account named Biden receiving Chinese funds as well. The House Oversight Committee is investigating the Biden family's business dealings with a now bankrupt Chinese energy conglomerate. This comes amid President Biden's promises to take a harsher stance on China. Critics call it a potential conflict of interest. Welcome to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. Investigation into the Biden family's money trail. More transparency could soon be coming for business transactions by President Biden's son Hunter Biden and the president's brother James Biden after the House Oversight Committee subpoenaed Bank of America. The Treasury Department is allowing the committee to review suspicious activity reports. Here's our in-depth report.
1: House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer subpoenaed Bank of America asking for 14 years' worth of financial records related to three of Hunter Biden's business associates. The committee is investigating the Biden family's business dealings with a now bankrupt Chinese energy conglomerate.
2: So now we have in hand documents that show just exactly how the Biden family was getting money uh, from the Chinese Communist Party. And and I will tell you, it's as bad as we thought. We have individuals who are working with our committee. Uh, In the last two weeks, we've met with either these individuals personally or with their attorneys. Uh, And that would be four individuals who had uh, uh, ties in with the Biden family on their various schemes around the world.
1: The investigation comes amid the Biden administration's early year promises to take a harsher stance on China through a series of new policies aimed at limiting China's influence. Critics call it a potential conflict of interest. In a nationwide survey conducted by the Trafalgar Group in late February, an average of 57.2 percent of respondents answered yes when asked if President Biden faces a conflict of interest in taking a tougher stance on China.
0: As for who in the Biden family benefited from these deals, a new memo just released by Chairman Comer gives more details. According to the subpoenaed bank reports released by Republicans, at least three family members received payments. Haley Biden, James Biden and Hunter Biden. That's along with a fourth bank account just titled Biden. An associate of Hunter Biden, John Robinson Walker, helped transfer $3 million over from a Chinese state-run company, Energy HK Limited, which is affiliated with CEFC China Energy. The memo notes from 2015 through 2017, Biden family members and their companies received over $1.3 million in payments from accounts related to Rob Walker. In the memo, Comer questions why Haley Biden, who's publicly reported to work as a school counselor, received money from Robinson Walker. The White House has repeatedly denied that President Biden has knowledge of these family business dealings. We reached out to the White House but did not receive a response by airtime. Now, let's look into what exactly Hunter Biden is being accused of. Back before the 2020 presidential election, Hunter Biden's business dealings caught the public's attention. The New York Post first reported on Hunter Biden's overseas activities in China and Ukraine. One of his former associates, Tony Bobulinski, came forward about an alleged business venture between him, Hunter Biden, the president's brother Jim Biden, and CEFC China Energy. The Chinese conglomerate has deep ties to the Chinese Communist Party. Poblinski strongly suggested that the firm engaged Hunter to gain access to his father, Joe Biden, then vice president. A Senate report from 2020 shows that Hunter Biden is the co-owner of a company named Hudson West 3. According to the report, CEFC China Energy wired $5 million to Hudson West in 2017. Not long after, Hudson West sent multiple payments to Hunter Biden's law firm Owasco. Labeled as consulting fees, the payments totaled about $4.8 million. Around the same time, Hudson West moved over $1 million to Hunter's uncle, James Biden's consulting firm. The Senate report identifies the transaction as potential financial criminal activity. And in September 2017, Chinese businessman Dong Guangwen opened a bank account together with Hunter Biden. Hunter, James, and Sarah Biden were all authorized users of credit cards associated with the account. They later used the cards to purchase over $100,000 worth of luxury items. The Chinese businessman is also a co-owner of Hudson West and at the same time, an associate of the chairman of CEFC China Energy. A previous media report shows that in 2017, Hunter Biden helped negotiate a deal for CEFC to invest $40 million in a Louisiana-based natural gas project. The project reportedly fell through the following year. According to the Senate report, Hunter Biden had also agreed to represent another associate of the CEFC chairman's, Patrick Ho, in his corruption trial. Ho was sentenced to three years in a New York federal court for bribing top African officials to help Cefc get local oil businesses. U.S. prosecutors had also accused him of trying to sell weapons to Middle East countries and of helping Iran obtain funds from Chinese banks. According to a New York Times report, when American authorities arrested Patrick Ho, the first phone call he made was to James Biden. And now, a background check on CEFC China Energy. It had been one of China's largest conglomerates before its bankruptcy in 2020, under a Beijing clampdown on domestic companies. The giant did global business in oil and offered financial services, and made the Fortune Global 500 list at the time. Its chairman, Ye Jiangming, was once touted as the Chinese Rockefeller. CEFC China Energy was private in name, but hired numerous high-ranking former officials from the Chinese military and Hong Kong as executives. Here's what its CEO said about the company on a Chinese TV show in 2018. Although
3: we are a private company, we still need to closely follow the government's policies and serve the state's strategic interest. CEFC seizes the opportunity of the Belt and Road Initiative, serves the country's strategy, and takes it as our own responsibility. In the past few years, CEFC China Energy has made some really good strategic layouts in Middle Asia and the Middle East. All of these layouts are to serve the government's strategy, to guarantee national energy supply and national security.
0: CEFC Chairman Ye fell out of favor with Chinese authorities in 2018. He was charged with embezzlement, and the company shut down two years later. He since disappeared from the public eye. And in New York, prosecutors arrested exiled Chinese business tycoon Miles Guo, or Guo Wengui, on Wednesday. He is accused of orchestrating a scheme to defraud more than a billion dollars from his online followers. Guo is an ally of former White House advisor Steve Bannon under the Trump administration. NTD's Jeremy Sandberg has the
4: details. Guo Gui, also known as Miles Guo, faces an 11-count indictment charging him with wire fraud, securities fraud, bank fraud, and money laundering. The Justice Department says about $634 million in illicit funds were seized from Guo's 21 different bank accounts between September 2022 and March 2023. The DOJ stated that it seeks to forfeit the funds. They believe the money is from his alleged fraud. Prosecutors say Guo used the funds to enrich himself and his family. Some of his assets include a 50,000-square-foot mansion worth around $26 million, a $3.5 million Ferrari, and a $37 million luxury yacht. The Ferrari has also been seized. Authority Guo and his longtime financial advisor, King ming cheated thousands of followers since 2018 by promising investment returns. They are being accused of diverting much of that money. The 52-year-old Chinese billionaire fled to the United States in 2015 and bought a penthouse apartment at a hotel overlooking Central Park. Court filings state he gained a substantial online following as a vocal critic of the Chinese Communist Party in about 2017 and exploited his fame to solicit investments. Guo was arrested Wednesday morning in an FBI raid on his apartment. He pleaded not guilty in Manhattan federal court and is being held without bail
0: a country once known as the world's factory now in the cold spell of a manufacturing exodus the loss of overseas orders is taking a toll on its jobs market here's what's happening in one chinese city once dubbed the home of made in china
2: in china's southern coastal city of dongguan a factory is hiring temporary workers but the pay rate offered is only slightly higher than a dollar per hour Sitting on the industrial belt of the Pearl River Delta, Dongguan was once home to the infamous Made in China label. The city drew millions of workers from China's rural area into its labor-intensive manufacturing sector. But that scene is more a part of the city's past than its future. China's three-year lockdown and COVID-19 curbs left deep scars on manufacturers in the region. Foreign investment pulled out of China in huge numbers, and demand collapsed. Numerous businesses failed, leaving hordes of immigrant laborers out of work.
5: The market isn't doing well this year. There are workers out there, but no factories are operating.
2: With fewer hires, wages are also shrinking.
5: Here in Dongguan, the hourly rate is basically about $2. Now all short-term workers are paid this way. No such thing as double overtime pay. The wages for most regular workers are also around four or five hundred dollars per month, which is quite low. This money can't even pay for the cost of living here.
2: And employers are raising the bar on age requirements. In a former export district in Dongguan, textile workers make ends meet by working overtime. In most cases, 14 hours a day, with only one day off per month.
5: How many people in China can work five days a week, eight hours a day? Not everyone. You know that the Chinese Communist Party doesn't treat its people as human beings. The CCP started out with separation between inside and outside the party system.
2: Scarce openings and low wages are also plaguing other areas. In the central city of Wuhan, job seekers reportedly scrambled for a position that pays less than $400 per month. Experts project an even more dire future for the country's job market.
0: Honduras is pursuing relations with Beijing. Its president saying Tuesday she made a request to the country's foreign ministry, directing it to open official relations with China. But there's a catch. Here's more. Honduras is one of 14
6: nations that maintain formal diplomatic relations with Taiwan. Beijing doesn't allow any nations it has ties with to officially deal with Taiwan. That's because the Chinese Communist Party views the island as its own territory, without the right to maintain its own ties, even though it has never ruled Taiwan. So for Honduras, building relations with China could mean letting go of Taiwan. Taiwan's foreign ministry responded Wednesday, urging the country to weigh its decision carefully.
2: The only
3: motivation for China to develop ties with Honduras is to limit Taiwan's international space. They have no intention of implementing any partnership that could be beneficial to Honduras's people. Honduras should seriously reconsider and not fall into China's trap by making wrong decisions and damaging the long-standing friendship between Taiwan and Honduras."
6: The same day, Taiwan's Ministry of Foreign Affairs summoned the Honduran ambassador. He declined to answer questions from the press. Meanwhile, the Chinese Foreign Ministry said it welcomed the Honduran president's statement.
0: Honduras says the decision is driven by pragmatism, not ideology, and cited rising debt and investment needs. The U.S. warns Honduras to be aware that China has a history of making unfulfilled promises. While Beijing works to whittle away Taiwan's foreign ties, the island's other allies are holding their ground.
6: A minister from St. Lucia, an island in the Caribbean, is visiting Taiwan. He says the trip seeks to strengthen relations saying Monday in Taipei, "...we do not auction foreign policy in St. Lucia. We don't go for the highest bidder. We have principles in what we do." Baptiste and his delegation are expected to meet with President Tsai Ing-wen this week. Worth noting, the U.S. State Department says St. Lucia and Washington share an interest in combating international crime and narcotics trafficking. Other nations are also siding with Taiwan. Micronesia's president is calling out Beijing and accused China of political warfare in a March 9th letter. He brought up the possibility of switching allegiance from China to Taiwan, but noted the country would need a $50 million injection to do so. Micronesia's president said China has used nefarious tactics like spying and bribery. That's to make sure that if Beijing invades Taiwan, Micronesia would side with China instead of the U.S., or at least stay neutral. Based on its geography, the country would prove useful to Beijing. That's if China attempts to surround and blockade the island from foreign help in a war. Right now, the US has no formal diplomatic ties with Taiwan, but Washington is the island's most important backer and weapons supplier.
0: Australian Prime Minister Minister Anthony Albanese met with his Fiji counterpart Wednesday in a city on the nation's main island.
6: Australia is investing in our capability, but we're also investing in our relationships, and it's wonderful to be welcomed here by Prime Minister Rambuca here in Fiji.
0: The plan to discuss regional security just one day after Australia unveiled details of the AUKUS submarine program together with the leaders of the United States and Britain. The move suggests Albanese will defend his nation's $245 billion nuclear-powered submarine program and deny that it violates Australia's nuclear non-proliferation commitments. The country is part of a nuclear-free zone treaty with 12 other South Pacific nations, including Fiji. Back to the submarines, Australia will buy three U.S.-made Virginia-class submarines in the early 2030s. That's before shifting to production of a new AUKUS submarine based on a British design from 2040. Coming up, clamping down on religion, but why does Beijing target people of faith?
7: Religion's the only entity that, that has enough organi- organization, has enough uh, adherence to it, has enough uh, passion of the people associated with it to stand up to a government, to stand up to the Chinese Communist Party. We spoke to Sam Brownback, former U.S.
0: ambassador at large for International Religious Freedom, to
7: find out more.
0: His comments after the break, here on China In Focus. Welcome back to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. The Chinese Communist Party has suppressed religions for decades, but why? We spoke to Sam Brownback, former U.S. ambassador at large for international religious freedom, for his take on that and about why Americans should care. Ambassador Brownback, thank you so much for joining us.
7: Oh, my pleasure to join you.
0: Recently in China, we saw the two sessions, one of the biggest political meetings, kind of a rubber-stamp parliament as Chinese leader Xi Jinping secured his third term. But it seems often what we see in China around these big political meetings is the ramp-up in persecution and suppression around religious faith. So what did we see this time?
7: We saw something pretty similar. Uh, you know, these, these rubber-stamp congresses or parliaments, and what they're trying to project to the people in leadership in the Communist Party, is that we've got everything under control, including religion. You've got people of faith all over the world, including in China, one of the fastest growing churches in the world.
0: And on that note, Ambassador, it does seem, you know, especially in terms of the economic part, we are seeing Xi Jinping returning to a more Mao Zedong ideological sphere versus, say, Deng Xiaoping's opening up. But you did mention the cultural revolution. So what might we see going forward similar in that way?
7: I think you're seeing it right now. What you're seeing in Xinjiang, with uh, concentration camps, with ideology, indoctrination that's taking place, with limitations on people being able to practice Muslim faith. You can't name a child Muhammad uh, in the entire country. I, that's that's out of the, the cultural revolution uh, playbook that the, uh, that Mao put forward. The thing about that's different now is that they blended it with a virtual police state and the use of high-tech weapons. So now they've got a camera for every other person in all of China. You've got these data centers of, of knowing what the genetic code is of most people, certainly in John and in many places, and facial recognition systems so you can see where people are or where they're headed together, tracking cell phones so that people know um, who's talking to who and where, and then they're moving to digitize the currency, and this one to me is the really, really big one to watch because then you control all the economic activity, and if you decide you don't like somebody, you just turn their money off. Uh, and they're gonna have to go begging to the government or somehow comply with the government to be able to operate in that economy.
0: Ambassador, I wanna zoom in on that part. You did mention in America, we have this given right in the constitution to practice your faith peacefully. In China, they also argue they have a constitution that includes that. So what's different from what's happening in China versus here?
7: you don't have an independent judiciary you you have in essence really you have the rule of man and in this case really one man xi jinping instead of the rule of law uh, which we have in this country they don't have an independent press in china and they're, they're ones that that are critical for us and and people in the west to be able to maintain uh, you know this check and balance this autonomy these constitutional rights that we're guaranteed as um, as people
0: an ambassador in communist China why is there this clampdown on religion or on people of
7: faith religions the only entity that that has enough organization has enough uh, adherence to it has enough uh, passion of the people associated with it to stand up to a government to stand up to the Chinese Communist Party it's really pretty it's pretty simple and it's pretty straightforward. Uh, the Chinese Communist Party are, is trying to decimate and destroy anything with the capacity to send up to stand up to them. And so I think they're starting to feel the pressure that we've got to watch out because um, we don't have the favor of the people. We're starting to lose the hearts uh, of the people. And so the people may look for other ways to move them out, and religion uh, is one of the key organizational structures uh, that's been used in many places around the world to stand up to authoritarian regimes
0: and it sounds like especially with say an authoritarian regime that rules in a way through fear these surveillance systems and all these different apparatuses that are always watching everyone's every move but then it seems in terms of people of faith, they don't have that fear because they believe in something else. Is that fair to say?
7: It absolutely is. You know, that's the other thing that a, a, a communist regime or authoritarian regime really uh, doesn't like. Uh, people of faith are, are generally moving to a higher authority. They, they feel a call from God. Uh, their allegiance is to something that's eternal, not something that's temporal. It's the kingdom of God versus the kingdom of man, if you want to put it in uh, Western Christianity terminology. And and the interesting thing about this to me is for thousands of years, the kingdom of man has always tried to subdue the kingdom of God. And you can do it for a while, it will work for a while, but it never works long-term. It never works, it always fails. And my favorite example of this is in Romania, where the Romanian Orthodox Church now occupies the parliament building that was constructed uh, and occupied uh, by the Chinese, I mean, by the, the Romanian Communist Party. So here is their very symbol of their authority and it's now being occupied by uh, the Orthodox Church. Uh, they subdued them for a while, they had them down under their uh, under their foot for 50 years. No more. They they reject any allegiance to an authority higher than the government. They do not believe this exists. They believe it's in the opium of man, uh, because they don't have an answer to that empty pole in people's hearts, looking for. The eternal, looking for hope beyond this world that has so many difficulties and there's so much evil in the world, and people are looking for something beyond that.
0: And given what's happening, say this clampdown on faith in China, what would be the steps to go about helping these people?
7: I think the United States government should be going around the world and talking to people about the comparison of our two systems. Here's the Western system and how it deals with religion. And here is the, the communist, Chinese Communist Party system and the Chinese system, and here's how they deal with religion. Because 80% of the people in the world have a faith of some type in something beyond the government. And we should ask the people in Africa and South America, where the Chinese are really trying to move in aggressively, is this how you want your dominant religious beliefs treated? by the state, subservient, and really not even being allowed to exist. As the head of uh, the Tibetan Governing Authority once told me, either the world will change China or China will change the world. Ambassador Brownback, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure.
0: That's all for today's China In Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. If you have any feedback on the show or have something you'd like to see us cover, send us an email at chinainfocus at ntd.com We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for watching. See you tomorrow.